Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. In the 1999 film, The Matrix, Morpheus famously placed a very important decision before Neo. The red pill or the blue pill? One sent him back to life as he knew it. The other opened a brand new world of enlightenment. Moses also set a choice before Israel before they entered the promised land. In today's message, our assistant pastor Olu will share how that choice applies to our lives today. Reading from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 and 16. So Deuteronomy is the last book of the Torah. So it'll be the fifth book in uh, your Bible, starting from the beginning. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 and 16. And it reads as such. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. And that was uh, Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 16, uh, through the, uh, or I should say, reading it in the New King James Version, as is our custom. I want to read it again, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, because I like how it reads a little bit better there. I'm going to start with verse 11 this time. And it says, this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you, and it's not beyond your reach. It's not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey. It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so that we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and in your hearts so that you can obey it. Now, listen. Today, I am giving you a choice between life and death, prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. All right. Uh, from this passage, we're going to take as a thought for today, choices, choices. All right, just to give you a, a little bit of background as far as uh, my love for football is concerned. Back in the late 80s, before a number of the people on uh, this call and in this service today were born, I chose a team as my football team. Uh, now, that choice was founded on wisdom. Yeah, it, it really was. The wisdom of a nine-year-old boy who knew nothing about football. Sat down one Sunday, probably after church, and decided, I was going to figure this game out because it was kind of confused. It was like first and fifth and 20 and, and 30. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just, it's confusing. What is all this? So I sat down. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. 
The Minnesota Vikings were playing the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado. Let, let me set the scene. The field was covered with snow, just snow everywhere. The only thing that you could see were the, the uh, hash lines. They were plowed out. So the uh, 20 and the 25-yard line, all those things were hashed out. So you had um, just those strips of green and then snow everywhere else. Oh, it, it was beautiful. Um, and not only am I going to figure this game out as I'm watching it, since the Cardinals had left St. Louis, the football Cardinals, one of these teams was going to be my team. I just made up my mind. Uh, the Vikings kicked the ball off to the Broncos, who caught it near the end zone. Uh, the return man ran it all the way back for a touchdown on the first play of the game. I fell in love with the sport, and Denver was my squad. Now, it doesn't hurt that we had two of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game down our uniform in John Elway and Peyton Manning. On top of that, Hall of Famer, East St. Louis's own, Steve Atwater not only led the Broncos defense, but he went to my high school alma mater, Lutheran North. So again, this choice is working out pretty good. It was, a, it was an excellent choice by happenstance because it was a product of a child using childish reason. Now, we all made the choice to come together to worship today. For some of us, much thought went into that decision. For others, it was more of a casual choice. And for a segment of us, like Nick and Nathan, we didn't have a choice. <laughs> Say, go log in, sit down. Uh, whatever the reasoning behind being here, I can assure you as uh, Ryan said earlier, the Lord planned for you to be here today and he's got something special for you. Now, as far as uh, today is concerned, again, it's Super Bowl Sunday and because of Super Bowl Sunday, a lot of us have made choices as well. We've made choices to either watch the game or not watch the game. We've made choices to uh, root for certain people or root for a different person, you know? So we've we got two choices here. We have a team that represents regalness and royalty and, and a ruling class, people looking after their own. And we have a team whose mascot is to uh, plunder, pillage, kill, steal, and just do all kinds of bad things. So you have a choice when it comes to, to who you root for. As for me and my house, we choose to root for uh, the ruling class. That, that's, just, that's just us. Anyway, um, there was a choice that was set before Israel. Okay, Br Brady may be the GOAT, but uh, he also is on the right team now because of his cheating ways. Uh, cheating and, and achieving GOAT status uh, does not uh, change the fact. Anyway, I, I thoroughly digress. <laughs> yeah, he's on the right team now. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, I digress. There was a choice before Israel in this passage that we just got done reading. They had a choice to follow God or to follow the gods of the people that were in the land that they were getting ready to go and possess. Um, and Moses was giving them that choice. He was telling them about this choice because he knew the people and he knew who they were. He knew himself even. Again, the, the, today, the coordinators are going to make a choice every time that ball is snapped. Uh, 
whoever's on the offensive end, there's going to be a choice and a play call. Same on the defensive end. Sometimes it'll be uh, the same play with a variation. Other times it may be something they've never run before. And for us, on average, human beings, we make about 35,000 decisions a day. So that's at least 70,000 choices that we have to make. Good choices maximize the opportunities that are presented to them. That, along with the physical abilities, will lead one of the teams to victory today. In the passage we just read, like I said, Moses was giving Israel a choice based on what he knew of them and the road ahead. So we're going to look at why he said this, what drives us to make decisions, and what we can do to ensure that we're making the best ones. All right, so a bit of background. We start reading at verse 15, then I went back up to verse 11, and we read uh, through to verse 20, but we know that 11, 15, and 20 are not the beginning of anything. Chapter starts with verse one, but this specific uh, story, actually we have to go back two chapters to chapter 28 to get the beginning of it. See, the Israelites were poised to enter into the promised land. Moses had led them for 40 some odd years, uh, through the wilderness and out of Egypt, and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses knew that he could not go with them, so he wanted to make sure to establish some things. It's like, you know, wh whether you follow it or not, for my own sake and for my own peace of mind, let me make sure that you all know what it is that God says. So he read through the law again for them, and he even made a song uh, to go along with things to, to help them with remembering. And Nathan uh, has a uh, music therapist at school that puts all the stuff he's learning uh, to music to help him with, with learning it. Uh, Moses was providing a bit of music therapy for Israel by creating a song. And within this song, you know, actually we get some, some pieces of songs from uh, things that, that Moses wrote and wrote as a uh, warning to the people. Uh, you know, it said that, you know, uh, we know the song blessed by Fred Hammond, well, blessing the city, blessing the field. These are things that Moses wrote. Fred just incorporated it into his song, you know, but he told him, he's like, you're going to be blessing the city. You're going to be blessing the field. You're going to be blessing your standing up and your uh, down sitting. But then he also said that you will be cursed if you do not do what the Lord said, you'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. And the curses were so severe, you know, it was like it was going to be, you know, even worse than the things that they saw happen to Egypt, you know, that, that there'd be siege warfare against them that would, uh, and siege warfare is when an uh, uh, army comes in and, and they cut off the city so nothing can come in and nothing can go out said that, that that's going to happen to you all and it's going to be so bad that you all will turn to cannibalism. And, and not just cannibalism, but, but eating placentas and the things that are attached to it. I mean, just horrific things that were going to happen if they chose to do what God said not to do. But here's the kicker in what Moses was saying in all of this. He said, here are the things that will happen if you do what the Lord says to do. Here are the things that are going to happen to you because I know you're not going to do what God said to do. You're stiff-necked 
hard-hearted people and this is what's going to happen and sure enough that's what took place so i mean it, it's just kind of crazy it's like okay i'm telling you this is going to happen because you're not going to do what god said what would cause someone with that kind of information to say yep those are the the choices i'm going to make i'm going to make poor choices and i'm going to be cursed and i'm going to have just a horrible life because yeah that's the choice i make well, one thing that causes us to make poor choices are our emotions. You know, we, we make it because it, it just feels good. It feels right. It, it feels like that's what we ought to do. Proverbs 16, 25 tells us that there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. So just because it feels right, it seems right, doesn't mean that it is right. I said that, that Moses was preparing the people to go into the land because he couldn't go into the, the land. Why? Because he got in his emotions. In anger, Moses struck the rock twice to provide water because he was upset with the people. When had he done what the Lord said, he struck the right rock once before uh, in a different situation because the Lord told him to do that and the waters came. This time he was supposed to speak to the rock. I believe that this was God's way of kind of laying the foundation for how we receive salvation you know Jesus was struck down he was beat and he was pierced and he was hung for our sins and then now we ask him we we come and we speak to him and he provides us with eternal life I really believe that's why the Lord gave Moses those instructions regardless of why he gave him those instructions Moses didn't follow and because he got all in his emotions it caused him to lose out on the promise that the Lord gave to him. Sometimes we, we make decisions based on and in fear or peer pressure, you know, which is another kind of fear. Uh, I, it, it brings to my mind Jeroboam, uh, the first king of uh, the separated Israel, not the, not, not the combined Israel, but uh, the separated Israel once Israel had been split off from uh, Judah by the Lord. The Lord sent a prophet. He was just walking on his way, you know, serving uh, King Solomon. And he sent a prophet to tell him that he was going to be king over 10 of the tribes of Israel. Told him everything to do and what not to do, which was don't go into idolatry. But what did Jeroboam do in fear? He was scared that if the people went back to Jerusalem to worship there, that they would like it and that they would turn against him and no longer be his subjects, even though the Lord had done all this for him and told him he was going to do it, brought it to pass. His fear caused him to believe that they would leave him. And that fear drove him to set up the very thing that God said, don't do. He set up false idols for them to worship. And instead of having his lineage be uh, uh, the, the lineage of kings for those 10 tribes of Israel, he became uh, a footnote. He became the person that you compare others to when you got a bad king. If it's a good king, they're like David. If it's a bad king, they're like Jeroboam. His fear 
changed the whole narrative regarding his life. Israel, likewise, they started, a, they started the first back to Africa movement. They were trying to go back to Egypt and go back into slavery because they feared dying in the wilderness. They forgot about everything that the Lord had done to bring them out. Forgot about all the, the hundreds of years of their ancestors crying out, asking the Lord to, to deliver them from slavery. They were ready to go back into it because of their fear. Again, fear manifests itself as peer pressure. And that happened with Aaron. Aaron made a calf and was like, oh, we don't know what's going on with Moses. We don't know if he's coming back. We need some, something to lead us. You're the one who's supposed to represent God for us. So build this calf. And he was like, okay, well, I guess so. If you all say to do it, I, I guess I, I need to do it. So through peer pressure and we, Oftentimes through peer pressure. Oh, come on, man. Come on, girl. You know, it's, it's going to be all right. Just, no, just, just come out this one time. It's, it's going to be all right. Peer pressure is also an emotion that we use. Fear, fear of, of missing out, fear of being ostracized will cause us to make bad decisions. Uh, and I, I saw it in the, uh, the chat. We're drawn away by the lust of our flesh. That's another reason why we make poor decisions, making decisions in our emotions. Uh, you know, one of the, the more, um, more famous opportunities, or I should say examples of that within the Bible is David and Bathsheba. David knew who Bathsheba was because they, he, he said, hey, go find out who she is. And they told him, hey, yeah, you know her daddy? You know, her husband, you know, her husband, who's, you know, one of your, your best soldiers is out there fighting now, which is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, th th that's that's whose wife this is that, that you know, you're looking at and, and, and asking about. And David in his flesh, in the lust of his flesh, was like, OK, whatever, I'm king and I'm going to do what I want to do. And that caused him so much trouble in his life that that started a chain reaction of just just poor decisions and grief and, and turmoil for him. Judas also was uh, drawn away by the lust of his flesh. Now, uh, it may have been money. It may have been him trying to manipulate Jesus, say, okay, yep, I'm here and setting up his government on earth. May have been both. We don't know, but we know that he was drawn away by the lust of his flesh and delivered Jesus into the hands of his enemies. Sometimes we're just deceived, just flat out. We've been lied to and we've been had, and that's what causes us to make poor decisions. Unfortunately, many times the, the person who is deceiving us is ourselves. It's us. You know, oh, I'm strong enough. I can I can go over here this, this uh, you know, and you know, this one time I, I can watch this. I can I can partake in this. I, I can I can do it. It's okay. I'm strong enough. I got it. It it, it yeah. And we're just lying to ourselves. The seven sons of, of Sceva, uh, they thought that they were big enough and bad enough to go do uh, the work of the Lord without putting time in and, and, and spending time with the Lord. And, you know, understandably so. They were, or I should say Sceva, their father, was the chief priest at the time. And we know that the chief priests come from the lineage of Aaron. So, you know, uh, my my daddy is uh, a priest. I come from this line of priests and my great, 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 great comes from that. So yeah, we can do this. I, we can do this. And here's the thing. 
as you go and you you study that scripture, they did drive out some demons in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. They just ran into the wrong one and wound up running them out of the house, bleeding and naked because again, they didn't put the, the time in. They didn't get to know Jesus themselves. They were trying to go around it and do it their own way because of who they were. We can't deceive ourselves. We can't allow ourselves to, to be deceived by our flesh. The enemy was trying to do that with Jesus during the temptation on the, the top of the temple. He said, go throw yourself down. You know, you, you say that, that you, you know, the, the son of God will throw yourself down and prove it uh, because he's not gonna let your, your foot uh, be dashed on the rocks. But, you know, Jesus was like, no, no, now I know, you know, and we do this with our kids sometimes. I have them stand on something, say, jump, 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 and, and we'll catch them. But they can't just go jumping without us saying jump to catch. And that's what the Lord said. Like, no, I'm not going to tempt God like that. Now, if I'm up here and I'm doing something and I fall, I believe that he'll catch me. But I'm not supposed to go throw myself off, you know, because I'm strong enough because I know who I am. And, you know, and I'm God's child. And see, I'm just going to have him do it. Yeah, that's that's manipulation. No, and that's not what God is about. Sometimes it's about because of misplaced faith that we make poor choices. Uh, the young prophet and the old prophet in First Kings, that, that young prophet went from Judah to Israel to tell Jeroboam, who we talked about just a moment ago, that there is a young man who's going to be born to the house of Judah. His name is going to be Josiah. So Josiah wasn't even born yet. This child will be born. His name will be Josiah. And this place where we're standing right now, where you're offering sacrifices on you know, this high place, He's going to come and kill you right here where you stand right now. Lord gave him uh, that information, said, go back, don't stop, go right back home and don't eat anything, head right back home. Jeroboam in uh, being a king and in being gracious said, well, you know, stop and, and have something. To eat. He was like, no, I can't eat with you. The Lord said, go home. He's saying all this to the king. But then the old prophet comes along and says, yeah, I know that's what God said to you, but he said to me to have you come in. And because the young prophet misplaced his faith and put it in what the old prophet said versus putting it in God who had led him there to do those things, he lost his life. Sometimes we make bad decisions because we only have half of the story. That's what happened with uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. The, the enemy said, hey, um, you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. True. But he started off with saying, you won't surely die. Falsehood. So when you put that falsehood together with the truth, it invalidates everything that's true and makes it wrong. Uh, Johnny James said that a half truth is a whole lie. So we, we have to be careful. We have to know the information and get the whole story. So we're able to make the best choices. So again, how are we going to make better choices? How do we do that? Well, one, we need to wait. We need to give some time so that whatever it is can get past our emotions. It's, uh, there's a 
uh, ideology out there is a couple books and tests and all kinds of things to help you with what's called your emotional intelligence. It's like IQ, but uh, your emotional intelligence can either be uh, improved or regressed based on the things that you do. And part of emotional intelligence is knowing that you got to give your mind time for whatever information you have to pass through your emotions and get to the rational part of your brain. And, and we've all been through this and, and seen this where, you know, something happens, we jump and start going, it's like, what, what happened to so-and-so? And then it hits our rationale. It's like, oh, oh hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> My bad. No, it's, it's really not as bad as I was making it out to be. I was just, you know, I was, I was a little too hype. I was a little too, too geek about this situation. I was, you know, I was in my emotions. I was in my feelings that that's not, that's not what it is. And again, this goes on, on with emotional intelligence and we also need to practice those things to help us with making better choices. Uh, well, give me some scripture for that. All right. Second Peter chapter three, verse 17 says, therefore, dear friends, since you know, uh, since you know this in advance, be on guard. So watch, stop, be on the lookout. Don't just, just be moving and going, but watch everything so that you're not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stability. Something else that we can do to help us with making better choices is to take those choices to the Lord. Involve God in your decision-making process. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven, a very popular scripture says, do not worry about anything, but in everything, everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Your heart and your mind will be guarded. It will be protected if we're taking everything to God in prayer. Weigh the pros and cons of the, of the situation because as Proverbs 16 verse two says, all a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. We often say, you know, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. And this scripture is, is telling us that. He knows our heart. He knows our motives. He knows when we're deceiving ourselves. So it's important to weigh the pros and the cons. Uh, Andy Stanley, uh, and I love Andy Stanley. I listen to him every uh, Sunday morning, listen to his podcast, getting ready for church. But he said that every bad decision that's ever been made in your life has a common denominator, you. <laughs> you were there for every bad decision that you have made. So we can't trust ourselves. We have to understand that our heart is uh, deceitfully wicked above all. And who can, who can know it? So since we know this, we've got to take time to weigh the pros and the cons to ensure that the decisions we're making are the best decisions for us. Don't make the decisions alone. Get some counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, 14 says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, not one, 
the multitude of counselors, their safety. I like how the Amplified Version says it. It says, where there is no guidance, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall or they go off course like a ship without a helm. The helm is what you use to steer a ship. So they're just out there at the mercies of uh, the, the environment being tossed to and fro and, and pushed in whatever direction the environment says because they have nothing to guide them, nothing to direct them. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. In the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there's victory. Because you can have a whole bunch of silly folks telling you, go ahead on, go ahead on, it's going to be all right. And it's not going to be all right. So make sure that there is an abundance of wise and godly counselors. That's where your victory is. Commit your way to the Lord. Proverbs 16, three through four says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Commit it to him and let him establish your plans. Verse four, the Lord works out everything, every single thing to its proper end, even the wicked for the day of disaster. So if you commit your plans to the Lord, they will succeed. If you seek him and, and you involve him in the process and you say, Lord, I'm doing this, but I'm doing this for you. And you know that you're receiving the direction for him. He, from him, he will establish your plans. And even the things that go awry, even the stuff that doesn't work out, even the things that, that, that injure us and that harm us and that bring us discomfort, he even plans out the wicked for the day of disaster. We know that his word says he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you are committing your ways to the Lord and allowing him to establish your plans, it doesn't matter what happens. He's going to work it together for your good. The best example of this is Jesus in the garden. He was committing his ways to God. He was saying to him, look, Lord, Jesus, in, in, as a man, as a, as a human being, the man Jesus was saying, look, I do not want to go to this cross. I do not want to endure all of the pain and the suffering and the, 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 the things that I have to go through, the humiliation. I don't want to do this. And Fall into his purposes, reading how badly he was sweating and, and, and going through as he was praying. Probably was having like a panic attack or something. Like, Lord, I don't want this. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That has to be our prayer. Lord, your will be done. If it brings me death, not my will, but thy will be done. In verse 9 of chapter 16 uh, in Proverbs, it gives us another reason to commit our, uh, our plans to him. It says that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So the Lord is going to determine our steps anyway. Why not be lockstep with what he wants by surrendering and submitting and seeking him for the plans that he has for us to make wise, sound decisions. We got to have some wisdom. 
Verse 16 of chapter 16 in Proverbs says, get wisdom. How much better is it than gold and get understanding? It is preferable to silver. Well, that sounds real good, but how do we do that? Let's go back in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the, the being in awe of God, in, in, in awe of who he is and reverencing him, that's where wisdom begins. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So if we're being obedient, because that's a part of knowledge is being obedient. If we're being obedient to him, if we know him, for who he is. We spend time in his presence. We spend time seeking his face and, and learning him. This is where understanding comes from. The Bible says, you know, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. So let us ask for wisdom. And that wisdom begins in revering God. So in conclusion, I want to read Proverbs 16, 25 again. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. Our ways tend not to work. And even if they do work, it's short-lived. So let us look to God for direction because ultimately his plan is going to prevail. To paraphrase Moses uh, in the passage that we read to start things off, I charge you today. Love the Lord your God, walk in his ways and keep his commandments. Let that be your choice to love him, to do what he says, to keep his commandments. That's how we show our love for him. Don't deceive yourself into believing the lie that it'll work this time. Oh, you know, I know, you know, other people have tried it and it, it didn't work, but it's going to work for me. Don't deceive yourself. Slow down, let it get past your emotion and get into uh, the, the rationale part of your mind and ask someone, who, especially someone who doesn't have skin in the game, someone who, who doesn't have a relationship to what the outcome is outside of knowing you because they can see things a lot more objectively. Get counsel, get a multitude of counsel, multitude of godly wise counsel and get direction from the Lord. And when you get it, follow it. Let us not be like Israel who got the word, heard the word, and then went a different way. We have the choice of life and death before us daily. I implore you, choose life, choose life, choose life. Jesus chose to give us life by laying his down for us. And wisdom says that this is the best choice that we can make. So be wise. Choose life. God bless you. In Jesus' name is my prayer. That is our uh, message for today. We hope this has been a blessing. Join us live on Sundays via Zoom. Relationship Kids is at 1130 a.m. Prayer is at 12.30 p.m. And service starts at 12.45 p.m. All times given are in the central time zone. The login number is 314-720-8880. 
feel free to call that number for prayer or text the word connect there to grow with us. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. Until next time, take care.